back to the Rare Disorder podcast. I'm your host, Shivani, and this is the 13th episode of my Meet a Fighter series, so let's dive right into it. So today, I'm going to be addressing the rare condition Leber congenital amaurosis, or LCA. People with this condition typically have severe visual impairment beginning in infancy. It is a rare genetic eye disorder. So how rare is it? LCA is found in two of three in 100,000 babies, making it extremely rare. It is an eye disorder that primarily affects the retina, which is the specialized tissue at the back of the eye that detects light and color. Children born with LCA have light gathering cells of the retina, which do not function properly. So what are some symptoms of LCA? Symptoms include crossed eyes, rapid involuntary eye movements, unusual sensitivity to light, clouding of the lenses of the eyes or cataracts, a cone shaped to the front of the eye, and many more. What are some causes? LCA is caused by mutations in genes, as it is an autosomal recessive genetic condition. Common gene mutations that cause LCA include the CRX gene, IMPDH1 gene, and OTX2 gene. How is LCA diagnosed? Electroretinography, or ERG, is used to assess visual function by measuring activity in the retina. Infants with LCA have absent or reduced electrical activity of the retina. And also, molecular genetic testing is available for mutations in the genes associated with LCA. Finally, clinical signs and symptoms can be used in determining what genes to test for. What are some related disorders to LCA? Some include Jalbert syndrome, Loken Senior syndrome, and Zellweller spectrum disorders. What treatments or therapies are available for LCA? Some therapies include genetic counseling, small molecular drug therapy, and more research and advancements continue in order to find more treatments and cures for LCA. Now, I'm so excited to welcome Melissa Gaggi, the mom of her son, Timothy, who is a fighter of Lieber congenital amaurosis. I'm so excited to have you on my podcast today. To start, I was wondering if you could talk about an average day in your life with your son having this rare condition. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on. So our life is pretty normal. Um, Aside from the fact we have tons of appointments, uh, we usually just hang out with, I have three kids, so Timothy's the youngest, and he gets to play with his older siblings, but we do some special activities for him, lots of sensory activities, and he loves music, Um, and then we have therapies. He does physiotherapy and speech therapy. And he also does therapy with an early intervention specialist for his vision, and they help him do pre-Braille skills and do a lot of stuff to start working on the skills he will need to um, make adjustments in life with his blindness. All right. And then is there anything you feel that other people should know about this condition? For example, like common misconceptions, Um, Just anything you feel that people should know. Yeah, I think that a common misconception um, with 
blindness in general is that if somebody is legally blind, that they can't see anything at all. And that is most often not the case. I think it's either 80 or 90 percent of people who are legally blind do have an, a sense, some sort of vision, um, whether that be just light perception and shadows or maybe some peripheral vision or just, um, yeah, some sort of vision. So to say that blindness means that you're completely blind is usually a misconception of any condition involving that. Mm -hmm. And then how are you all coping with it? I think we're all doing well now. It was a big change at first. It's just something that was really unexpected. We had no idea that we carried this gene. And so having two kids that are sighted before, we never expected to have a a child who would be blind. So it was just a huge adjustment and a big change for our lives at first and a bit of a grieving process about losing, you know, the life you thought your child would have and thinking of all the things that might be difficult for them. But now that we're a couple of years into it, we are a lot, um, we're a lot better with it and it's just normal to us. Mm-hmm. So kind of following up on what you said, do you know, like, what gene it's carried on, any of the specifics of how it's acquired? Yeah, um, so... Uh, Leber congenital amaurosis is caused by several different genes, but um, Timothy has type 8, which is the gene called CRV1. And Mm -hmm. so basically my husband and I both carry that gene recessively, and so there's a 25% chance that our children would get it. Okay, that makes sense. Um, So it's just a recessive trait, basically. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, okay, so just moving on to the next topic, have has your son ever encountered a major struggle with his condition, and how were you guys able to overcome it? I think that almost everything is a major struggle. Um, everything that you have to learn in life is more of a challenge because he is blind and he has to learn it differently, and we don't we didn't have to learn it that way. So it's also a challenge for us to try to teach it to him differently. Um, Right now, our biggest struggle would be learning to walk. He is very scared to walk on his own because he doesn't know what's around him. He doesn't know if he's going to fall, if he's going to run into something. So right now we're working with our physiotherapist and with the help of a gait trainer to get him more confident and start working towards walking independently. Mm-hmm. And then, um, so if any, what are some initiatives you take to raise awareness for um, this in general or other rare conditions? Yeah, I think the biggest initiative I take is that I run a blog about my experiences and that's connected to my Instagram and my Facebook page where I share all about LCA and all about our journey Um And I also am able to connect with a lot of other people on there who either have different conditions involving blindness or just other rare diseases and get a chance to share a bit about their stories as well. Mm -hmm. That's great. And then I was wondering if there were any resources you would like to share that you have come across 
to help other people who are suffering um, or going through the same um, condition? Yeah, I think my biggest help um, has been through online forums. Um, but there is the Canadian Federation of the Blind or the National Federation of the Blind in the U.S. that are really have lots of information and lots of resources to reach out to, or there's the Canadian National Institute of the Blind, which has tons of help. That's where we get our early intervention services. And then specifically for Timothy's condition, there is a foundation called Curing Retinal Blindness Foundation, and the mom who started that has two sons, who also have the same gene that Timothy does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really believe that these like um, networks are really helpful for um, the population that is affected by these rare conditions because sometimes I know like it can be so rare that it can be hard to find another person who has the exact same um, condition. So I'm really glad that you found um, another mom who whose um, child has the same condition. So you probably can always, like, rely on her and go to her for support or help if you need it, right? Yeah, yeah. It's really been great to connect with people online because a lot of these people are in different parts of the world than I am, but we can share our experiences that way and still get advice from each other. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, and then, so just to kind of, like, close off now, I was wondering if there was anything else you would like to share with my podcast audience today. Um, It can be anything general or even something really specific, just anything you would like to share. Yeah, I think that one thing that I think is so important, um, just for people to really know, like, anybody with a disability, but because we're talking about this, my son, who's blind, is just a kid like any other kid and he wants to be treated that way and he wants to be included in things and that even though the world has come a long way there's still like a lot of work that could be done in terms of making things more accessible to people with disabilities Mm -hmm. yeah I um agree and I know like there's a lot of um rare legislation in action like people are trying to Like, for example, like, groups like Rare Across America are really, like, pushing um, legislation that kind of concerns this, like, um, especially, like, um, accessibilities, like you were saying. Um, So, yeah, I believe, like, taking part in advocacy work and, like, legislation efforts um, is really, like, influential in... um, Helping us share our voices. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So just to kind of close out now, I would just like to thank you so much for joining me today. Um, and Melissa, and really um, helping me advocate for rare diseases and sharing your story. Mm-hmm.